in Luke's gospel, and we're thinking of this, this decree that Caesar Augustus made that the whole world should be taxed. Something snapped in Caesar's mind. I don't know what it was, whether it was the political pressure in the Senate, or maybe it was a nagging wife keeping taunting Caesar. And he had to prove just how many millions of people he reigned over as the emperor of Rome. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and the program today we are focusing on the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, from the narrative in Luke chapter 2. And I'll be reading that in a moment. But we have three main hymns, as with gladness men of old, hark the herald angels sing, gentle Mary. So let's begin with, as with gladness men of old.
There's nothing like coming to the Bible itself to discover and to read the account of Jesus' birth. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, we read, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them, Concerning this child. We turn now to our hymn, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing.
We're back in chapter 2 in Luke's gospel, and we're thinking of this, this decree that Caesar Augustus made that the whole world should be taxed. Something snapped in Caesar's mind. I don't know what it was, whether it was the political pressure in the Senate, or maybe it was a nagging wife keeping, taunting Caesar. And he had to prove just how many millions of people he reigned over as the emperor of Rome. And so a roll call was announced, a Roman roll call. And this sent everyone in the known world at that time scurrying to their place of nativity. They had to return to the place of their birth to be registered. Now, could you imagine that today in this global travel? They said that yesterday was to be the busiest travel day in uh, certainly North America. If Caesar's roll call was today, well, the whole world would be traveling, and we would be displaced for a time, all to prove just how many people were dwelling under Caesar's control. But this decree of Caesar was really a decree of God, who throughout all history was preparing the world for the birth of the Lord Jesus. There is something far bigger at work than Caesar's little plan to enumerate and make this roll call of his subjects. Behind Caesar, there was God, and God was now ready to send his Son into the world. And today, without any further introduction, I want us to look at the fact of God preparing the world for the birth of his Son. Now, to do this, we need to go back to the first gospel promise in the Bible, Genesis 3.15, where it says, The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Now, that seed of the woman is Christ. Uh, it is a, an ambiguous promise for Bible readers at that time. Not everyone could have understood from Genesis 3.15 how this would play out. But in the mind of God, it was certainly known. And to Adam and Eve, immediately after they fell into sin, God's plan was announced. Now, we certainly believe that even before Adam and Eve sinned, that God had already predetermined that he would permit the fall, he would allow Adam and Eve to transgress, plunge the world into sin, but that God would have a purpose of redemption. You say, but where do you find that in the Bible? Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read just a, a couple of verses from these uh, early chapter of Ephesians chapter 1. And we will see here the mind and purpose of God. Ephesians 1 verse 4, according as 
He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And then jump down to verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. And you will see here that the eternal God, sovereign over all his creation, sovereign over all the world of humanity, he chose us and he chose his Son to be our Savior before the foundation of the world, and he did this for his own purposes that he would bring about glory to his name. So you have the creation of a perfect world, you have the fall of man, and you have God's saving purpose, that he would display his love and grace toward fallen, sinful, lost men and women, bringing us into glory through the plan of his own Son. Now, you're in Luke's gospel. Let's just go back into chapter 1 a little bit and look at verse 71. Look at verse 71. And you'll see that God from the Old Testament, beginning, of course, in the Garden of Eden, but right through the Old Testament history, God was working out this plan that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Now, to get to Abraham, you have to jump about 1,800 years from creation. And you have to go to Genesis 12. And you learn there about the call of God to Abraham. And he called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. Ur at that time was a very civilized city. It was a place of libraries and government and a lot of education, but it was idolatrous, fallen into the darkness of idolatry. And so God, to begin a line for the Messiah, this is God working now, and he takes Abraham. Why Abraham? Sovereign election. God's sovereign choice. And he calls Abraham, he says, get out of Ur of the Chaldees. And he called him into a land where he did not know where he was going. He was a slight pause in Haran for a time, and then he got into the promised land. And you know the life of Abraham, that it was not until he was a hundred years old that God gave a son. And I'm sure Abraham must have known, what is God doing? He has promised that he will give a seed, a seed as many as the stars in the heaven and the sand of the seashore, so innumerable. But I don't even have a child. And you know the burden and the waiting for Abram and Sarah until he was a hundred years old, and she was ninety years old, when there was born, really, a miracle child in their old age. 
and Isaac was born. And Isaac was the father of Jacob, who was the father of Joseph, and on down the line, this was God preparing the way for the Messiah. And God was working by a covenant. He made an oath to Abraham. He made a promise to him that he would give a seed. And we're told in John's gospel that Abraham saw Christ's day and rejoiced in it. Can you grasp that? What amazing faith Abraham had. And God gave him the faith to believe in the promise not of an Isaac, just his natural son, but of a Redeemer, a Savior, one who would purchase men and women out of sin and save them for glory and for heaven. Now, we were looking there in chapter 171. If you go back a little bit to 69, verse 69 in Luke 1, you'll see another name that is linked to the Messiahship or the coming of Jesus into the world, David, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And so you can see now this Messiah tree. It began in Garden of Eden. It opened branches out with Abraham. And out of that lineage of all those years that go by through history, you've got the promised land, you've got uh, Judge Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Saul, then David. And David was God's chosen one to be the king over all Israel. Now, notice what God said with David. Verse 70, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. Note that, since the world began. This is God's plan now unfolding. The same plan that God had before the world the plan he had when Adam and Eve fell, the plan he had with Abraham, he is now executing through the line of David. And what an interesting character David is. How many parallels there are between David and our Lord Jesus. He is one who is like unto the Lord Jesus in so many ways. He was the hero of Israel, of course, in his slaying of Goliath. And you have this representative man, David, a boy, really, and he's going out, and he is the one who gets the victory for Israel. You can see, even in that event, that David represents the Lord Jesus. It was David who conquered the whole land and Jerusalem. It was David who brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem and set up the worship of God in that holy city. And, of course, in that again, he is a type, a picture of the Lord Jesus. David, we know, was born in Bethlehem, where the Lord Jesus was born. You can see the parallels closing in tighter and tighter, the frame and the picture now focusing on the, the Messiah, the Christ that is to be born. 
David was a shepherd king. The boy shepherd turned king. That's the title of our Lord Jesus. He is the shepherd of his people. But he's also our king. David was the thrice anointed king over Israel. And our Lord Jesus is the thrice anointed Savior, prophet, priest, and king. Now, up until the birth of Jesus, all Israel knew, all those who read the Old Testament Scriptures and studied them, they knew that their Messiah would come to them through the line of David, Judah, and even be born in Bethlehem. And you remember how the wise men came searching, and they asked Herod, where is he? And they sent for the scribes, and the scribes said, Bethlehem of Judah. And the light was shining brighter and brighter and brighter. Then I read in the Gospels of blind men like Bartimaeus, sitting along the roadside as Jesus came, and they said, Jesus, thou son of David. Why did they give him that title? Why did they speak in that manner? Because they knew this was the truth that the Messiah would come of, of the line of David, and they believed that this one called Jesus who could do miracles and did heal them from their blindness, that he was indeed the Messiah. Therefore, they called him the son of David. And so this was that faith that was growing. And you must see that too. If you're going to link into the family of faith and be a child of God, enjoying the blessings of Christ the Savior, you must recognize this wonderful plan of God and believe that Jesus is indeed sent for you. And like Bartimaeus and others, Jesus... Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thank you for listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher. Just one more hymn before we close. We're turning to the well-known hymn, Gentle Mary. And I trust that God will minister to your heart through this song today. Gentle Mary, labor child, holy in a manger, there he lay the undefiled to the world, a stranger, such a babe in such a place, can he be? Savior, as the saved of all the race who have found his favor. Gentle Mary, later child, gentle Mary, later child. Angels sang about his birth, wise men sought and found him. Heaven's star shall brightly forth, glory all around him. Shepherd saw the wondrous sight, heard the angels singing, all the plains were lit that night, all the hills were ringing. 
broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the home page of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604 604- Eight nine seven two zero four zero. The mailing address is one eight seven nine zero fifty eight Avenue, Surrey, BC, V three S one M six. We're located just two blocks north of Number Ten Highway on one eighty eight Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, five a.m. five p.m. here on this station as we let. The Bible Speak.